we have to keep the word hope in front of us because we all have to have some hope that there will be some return of some kind uh, before we go home for the summer. But of course, that's still unknown, and it is all based on uh, what does this virus do across the state of West Virginia. From Grafton, West Virginia, this is the Living Unleashed podcast. Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hello, I'm Alex Renneman from Unleash Tiger, and I'm here with Christy Miller, School Superintendent of Taylor County Schools. Christy, thanks for coming on the program. You're more than welcome. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? I mean, your history here, uh, your history before. Just, just give us a quick uh, update of, of who Christy is. Okay, great. Well, um, I uh, was born in Cumberland, Maryland, uh, a long time ago, uh, and I was born into a family of educators. Um, there aren't too many in my family who did not go down this path and choose to stay in this path through retirement. So we moved to Fairmont um, from Ridgely, West Virginia, when my father was accepted as the assistant registrar at Fairmont State. He went on to become a professor of education and retired from there with 33 years service. So um, I went uh, and graduated from school at Fairmont Senior High School uh, back in 1981, so go polar bears. Um, and then I went on to Fairmont State and earned my um, AB degree in elementary education. From there, I spent a year teaching kindergarten in Fairfax County, Virginia, and that was a wonderful experience. I actually had uh, a student from Pakistan that spoke not a lick of English, so I became an ESL teacher very quickly, but it was a great experience. Then I taught gifted children in um, Wood County for a couple of years, and um, then I got married and moved to Michigan and had my boys, and then I came back to West Virginia, and I started uh, working in education again, first as a substitute in Marion County, and then I spent about 20 years in Marion County as a teacher, then became a principal, and um, my last year in the county, I actually opened the new um, East Fairmont Middle School. Um, during that time period, the State Department of Education asked if I would be interested in becoming a school improvement coordinator. So I actually did that for a year. And um, I worked with Anna Jarvis Elementary at that time, uh, Junior Elementary and Philippi uh, Middle School in uh, Barber County. Then they asked if I would be interested in becoming the executive director of the Office of um, School Improvement and Leadership. And so I had to talk with my husband because it meant I was going to be gone all week in Charleston. And uh, so we talked and he said, yes, this is a good step for you. So go, go on and do that. So during that time period, I was there for actually three years in that position. And my last year there, um, it was when Miss Green decided to retire and the position became open. So I applied for it. Um, and I also applied for the Lewis County position being successful here in Taylor County. Great. Well, we're glad to have you. And I'd like to just be talking more about that kind of stuff. But then March of 2020 comes around and COVID-19 is on the scene. And here we are in a wild, bizarre time in our world. And certainly from a school system perspective, uh, with classes out, kids remote, teachers remote, uh, parents remote. Can, can you um, kind of just, just give me a, an update of maybe what's going on? I mean, we're out of school now. Uh, how much longer should people be prepared to be out of school? Can, can we kind of walk through some of that a little bit? 
Sure. Um, so when this all happened, uh, we as a collective group of superintendents were actually meeting in Charleston the day that the governor decided he was going to close schools. Um, many of us were two and three hours away from um, our support staff. So we all quickly left and um, came back to our respective counties, of course, making plans. Um, at that time, of course, the governor said indefinitely, so we didn't know what we were facing. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I got back, we decided that we would use our ice packs that had already been uh, put together as a way to give us a week to try to put some plans together moving forward, not knowing how long this was going to last. And those who don't know, so the ice packs are like snow day things. Yes. Right? So if school's canceled here, you got your ice pack, you got some work ready to go. Right. 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 Um, they're technically called non-traditional instructional days or what we call NTID days. So we thought, well, this can buy us some time because we thought, well, winter's over. We were very fortunate this year. So that's what we decided to do. And then, of course, we got the feeding program uh, put together as well. Well, then time was wearing on and we found out we were going to be out longer. And then, of course, we heard this week he's going to now keep us out till April the 30th. Um, the state superintendent even said today that, you know, we have to keep the word hope in front of us because we all have to have some hope that there will be some return of some kind uh, before we go home for the summer. But, of course, that's still unknown. And it is all based on uh, what does this virus do across the state of West Virginia? Yeah, and I think for folks who are maybe losing their mind over, why don't they just call it all done, or when can we be back? I mean, the fact is, it's largely, it, nobody knows, and and I guess there's not a lot of waste. I mean, it's not like we're wasting things, waiting another 30 days or something like that, right? So pushing it out is probably the prudent thing to do at this point, even if the, the probability of, of finishing out the year is is in anybody's hands at this point. Correct. Yeah, we just we just really don't know, and and um it's as much as that is um, very unsettling for our students. It also is very unsettling for everyone within the system. Uh, this is not this is not how we ever plan to spend a school year, and it's really um, it, it's really thrust us into uh, a lot of unknowns. I can I can only imagine. So speaking of that, I know, you know, we had we had asked for some questions. People have kind of dropped in questions one way or the other to us. And one of those things is some of the unknowns, what is some of the guidance around work assigned, grades? What can you explore that a little bit of what 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 should people expect or what what should they know about that? Sure. So um, the week after we did the ice packs, we kind of left it up to the schools as to how we were going to progress because we really weren't getting any any clear, consistent guidance from the Department of Education. Uh, so we were all funneling all of our questions to various people at the department, waiting for some guidance to come back. Well, we finally got that guidance two days ago. A little late, but nonetheless, what we had determined we were going to do after the second week was we were going to offer more of a choice. Because what we were experiencing was the fact that there were not consistent, stable internet connections available to everyone throughout our, our school system. Not only that, but in some of our homes that have two, three, and four kids, they all needed access to one device, perhaps, that was in the home. So it made it really difficult um, in thinking, how were we going to be able to keep them engaged with the work, um, knowing that introducing new concepts was not the way to go because the teacher could not be present to really deliver that kind of instruction to them. So in, uh, in this instance, we decided to go to what we call choice boards. And it covers the curriculum. It covers English language arts, which most of us know in the old days as reading, spelling, you know, grammar, those kinds of things, mathematics, science, and social studies. 
So we tried to integrate uh, across those areas to bring um, a lot of just support, review, reteach, and making sure that the skills that had been taught up to this point could really be mastered. And this would give time for everyone then to master those skills. So that's what we did. And, and at the high school level, uh, the teachers continued to make plans and, and push those uh, ideas out to uh, their students through live grades. So, um, of course, we had the packets at first, and then there was a concern about, oh, the germs that were being exchanged back and forth, and what was that going to be like? Well, yesterday, Dr. Bender, or the day before Dr. Bender and I had, had a conversation about that. He said, really, we're looking at about 24 hours. And he said, so I wouldn't be, you know, sending a whole bunch of stuff out, but it wouldn't hurt to send like a paper here, there, you know, and then bring those things back for everybody. So um, in some cases, we're going to start sending out um, some things that we know folks have no way to get on a website, to get on live grades or those kinds of things. We're going to try to start moving in that direction. So this guidance, though, that came from the department told us that we were spot on with what we were thinking about doing. Um, we cannot replicate the classroom in a home. We just can't do it. And we can't replicate all of those strategies and those good things that our professional educators, our teachers do every day in the classroom with the support staff that they have, whether that be through our instructional aids and things, we just knew we couldn't do it. So we had to think, well, parents are our students' first teachers. So how can we work within what they may be able to support them doing without over uh, stressing, um, you know, those completion things? So uh, that guidance really fell in, into that as well. And then, of course, everyone's wondering about grades. And if we're not giving grade grades, how is that motivating for students to complete their work? Well, we would hope that there would be a little bit of internal motivation in our kids to at least be connected and stay connected to the school and completing those choices on those boards or the assignments that the high schools have uh, pushed out. But we also know that there has to be some way for our kids to share that work back. So our teachers have come up with some very creative ways. They're using the Remind app. Um, kids can take pictures and text them. Um, they're sharing them back through email. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of ways that they're sharing them back. And then our teachers actually give them feedback. So while they may not be earning a new grade for a new nine weeks, what we're doing is we're enhancing the grade they earned the third nine weeks. And we're building on that for this last nine weeks of school or the last six weeks in the high school. So I, I guess my message about it is, parents, keep doing the great job you're doing. We're going to continue to plan for this learning, but let's not worry so much about what that grade's going to be. Our goal is to keep them engaged in the learning process, and we have time next year to make up for lost time. Yeah, makes sense. So, so really what I'm hearing, if I heard you right, then it, it could vary by grade or school depending on exactly what's happening. So really there's, and I know it's tough, there's lots going on, but it's communication with the teacher of exactly what those expectations are for your child in this class at this Correct. Time. It, it, it really and truly is. And we won't sweat the outputs or the outcomes yet in terms of grades or what it is. Just let's do the work. Let's do the learning. Uh, yes. Makes sense. Okay. Yes. One of the other concerns are around some of the events that unfortunately had to be canceled, whether that be uh, spring sports and, and dances, those kind of things. Are there plans? And again, this is a, a lot of this is going to be unknown. I'm looking for you looking to crystal ball uh, here, Christy. But um, are there plans to reschedule those, or are they are they canceled? Are they done? What do we know about that? So you know, staying along that whole theme of hope, our hope is that we're going to be able to postpone some of those things and still have them at a later date. Um, I don't want to say anything is canceled. 
um, I really want to, to go on with that whole idea of there is hope that we're going to get back and that we're going to be able to have some of those activities still in place. Sports, I, I'm not really certain what's going to happen there. I know that uh, Bernie uh, Nolan, who is the um, executive director of the WVSSAC, said they really don't know what they're going to do yet either. And he said, we would like to be able to offer that because that's a way for uh, our, not only our students, but our parents to be able to have um, some way to come back together and, and to share, um, you know, the joy of watching their kids play and compete against each other. He says, but that's still an unknown as well. Dances, proms, graduations, we're postponing and we're working on, on a way to make sure that those events still happen. This, this may be one of those times, just as your teachers are doing today, um, we're going to have to be innovative. We may have to come up with, with new and novel ways to, uh, to do those, those traditional things we've all enjoyed. Uh, Correct. It is it's Correct. Part of the challenge here. Yes, it um, is. Th this may be, be part, you may have already mentioned it, but I want to be explicit because some folks had some questions around this in terms of time being made up. So, uh, you know, for instance, with seniors and other folks, I mean, uh, do you see the qualifications for trade schools or any of this class time needing to be made up in the summer? Are there conversations like that? What, what, what does that look like? So there's new guidance that we uh, received prior to, to us getting together today um, around our, our CTE completers. And what is that going to look like? And are they going to be able to get those um, industry standard credentials? And how, how are we going to be able to support them through that? Uh, even our students that are coming back and they're taking the task. Uh, so that they can have their high school diploma. Um, so we were just receiving those um, guidance documents before we came on. And from what I read as I was going through those, it looks like there's going to be ways that we're still going to be able to support our students achieving that task, getting that high school diploma, those industry credentials for our CTE uh, students who have worked so hard to get there, our adult students, there's things in place for that as well. So those kinds of guidance documents are to be released later today. And then what we're going to do is we're going to start setting up what we need to as a system to make sure that those things actually happen. Great. So, yeah, and, and just so everyone knows, so we're recording this on April 3rd, and as things are changing hour by hour, day by day, who knows uh, what new guidance will be out. But um, I thought it was important to get together, and I know you did as well, to, to kind of share some of this. I appreciate that. This is one of those things where, in light of all the uncertainty and ambiguity, we can focus on that stuff, or we can focus on the things we know we need to do, and that's the, the work that's there, communicating with teachers. Um, yes. I, I think that's a, that's a straight-up message. One of the yes. other things that, that popped up just recently is the idea, again, you mentioned it, some folks don't have access to broadband or other things. Uh, it's something we lament in this community. We're really fighting for more, but um, the, the idea of schools being free Wi-Fi zones or something, and obviously there's social distancing that comes with that. Is there mm -hmm. something like that happening in Taylor County that you can- Yes, yes, with? there is. Um, at, at our schools, we have opened up the network. That's what we call it. We've opened it up so that uh, people, social distancing, please keep in mind, stay in your vehicles, but you can go to the schools and you can access the Wi-Fi there and um, be able to complete um, assignments or communicate with others that you may need to communicate with, but they are open. Um, we also do know that Comcast has opened up all their Wi-Fi hotspots uh, free of use. You just have to download the app and uh, folks are able to use that. Now I know that there's only one spot that I know of currently out in the Thornton area, um, but it's one. It's a hotspot for Comcast, um, which, which may benefit those folks out there as well. And we also know that all of our mobile carriers have dropped their um, barriers around uh, data and data usage. 
Uh, they are not charging people to use their data right now. They, they have opened that up and, um, you know, if you only have one gigabyte uh, of data available to share across multiple devices, that's gone. Those barriers are gone. So we've got the schools open, Comcast has the hotspots open, and then our mobile carriers also have opened theirs up. That's good to hear. You know, the headlines go to the knuckleheads who are doing things wrong, but there's a lot going on right right now in the middle. Of oh, there absolutely so, is. I really appreciate that. So let's talk about, you mentioned earlier about the feeding of the students. And, you know, that's something I think, you know, a lot of people don't really realize I mean, how much, how much, you know, the schools are a place where, where a lot of these kids that maybe their only good meal of the day or, or certainly. So can you just talk a little bit about that program and, and what's yeah. happening? Yes. So initially what we did was um, we started using our bus drivers and our aides and our cooks in the schools to pack up um, meals for our kids. And we were delivering every day. That became uh, just something that was too much as um, more information came out about the virus and, and who it could impact and were what we do, what were we were doing was that the right thing to be doing. Um, I rode the bus the first day um, out through Oak Grove and uh, over to Black Mountain. And um, it was amazing the numbers of students that, you know, and their families that were out there just waiting for, for that piece, you know, to stay intact for them because that really was the connection back to the school and the system. So um, what we uh, found was it was just too much to do. So we, we finished up that one week and we, the next week, what we had decided to do was we would pack, for an entire week. So our cooks made pepperoni rolls and sandwiches, and then we had a lot of prepackaged food, and we packed over 4,000 meals um, on a Monday and then delivered those on Tuesday a week ago, I believe it was. Uh, and that was the last day that we actually went out and delivered. So we had to come up with a way to continue to feed them. And what we've discovered through the department was there were going to be other ways to be able to feed our students and we would not have to be the, the um, conduit of the preparation, uh, the getting it out to the community, et cetera. So we are currently working with the State Department and we're using um, a Kilmer, I believe it's Kilmer Farms. And they are starting to pack five breakfasts and five lunches in, in one container. And we're going to be distributing that uh, once a week. So this past week, we used leftover food that we could give to Project Hope because that's who's spearheading this with Sean Thorne uh, through the uh, Grafton-Taylor County Health Department. And we have six drive-through sites right now that we're using. And um, folks can then go there at those various sites um, on the days that we're communicating out to them that they can uh, pick up that food. And we're gonna continue that as long as we're able to get the food and those uh, vendors are able to work with us and uh, the National Guard and others are delivering the food to us then once a week. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, and obviously for those listening, when you go to those food sites, remember it's still social distancing. Do the best stay in your car. To stay <laughs> in your car, that's right. Oh, bizarre times. Um, yes. That's really great. I mean, I think that was a real heartwarming moment early on in this when still, you know, as, as much ambiguity really, maybe more so than there is now, but to see uh, the school employees and personnel popping in and just saying, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to feed yes. people. Now, yes, yes now we, we know the guidelines and things, we, you know, we've got to do things differently and are still doing it. And I love it that you guys found a way to make that happen. Um, yes. That, yeah, so. the, gov the governor announced in his press conference today, of course, remember, this is April the 3rd, right, that right. the last three weeks that uh, the school systems across the state of West Virginia have served over one million meals. And, and that, that, that's just wonderful uh, to know that, that we can still make that difference for our families.
Yeah, I agree. It's, it's fantastic. Um, when, when we look at this, you know, it's always easy to look back and we're in the middle, right? So it's hard to always look back in the middle. But at the same time, how prepared? You mentioned the ice packets. How prepared was the school system for this sudden remote teaching model? We weren't. Um, we have to be honest. We weren't. Um, we do not have uh, the same um, types of um, broadband um, same kinds of uh, software applications, and we are not a county that can afford to do the one-to-one -one, uh, that some of the other um, counties do. Um, I've had some parents say, I have a stepdaughter or stepson that's in this county, and then I have other kids that are in your county, and we are seeing a, a big difference, and I agree, there is a big difference. Um, so those, that, that's something we are going to have to really think about. If we're going to have to do this again, how can we better be better prepared so that we can make sure that every student has the opportunity to um, actually participate in that manner? Um, so we are going to do um, a plus delta uh, kind of exercise, and we're going to look at things that are our strengths, but we're also going to look at those things that were weaknesses uh, as we have been moving through this. And we're, we're going to have to really do what I, I call a deep dive into how can we solve some of those problems immediately, maybe three months down the road, six months, a year, you know, let's really get a plan into action um, and, and, and call it into action and find out how can we make this happen uh, so that we are, we are providing equitable services to our students just like some of the other counties are able to do. Yeah, that's great. Those those kind of planning sessions, you know, the after the fact stuff is, uh, if done if done candidly and and with hum humility, can be mm -hmm. super powerful. Uh, Absolutely. So you I, and I, I think we touched on this earlier, but I just want to want to go a little more when you talk. We we're talking about grades and curriculum and the fact that students are going to be accessing this at different levels based on their broadband or or technology at home or whatever. But I know you know there's there, there's platforms that that other districts are using around the around the states and around the nation. You see a lot of Zoom stuff going on, Google Classrooms, other learning management systems are, and, and I think I know the answer to the question. I want to ask you, are you, are you guys promoting a particular learning system? Is it more up to the teacher or up to the school or up to the grade for that matter? Um, can you give us some insight on, on that? Sure thing. What we have found out is a Zoom platform is not always the safest one for us to use as a school system. Uh, so what we've been doing is we've been using the Office 365 platform that is provided free, uh, free to us through the uh, Department of Education. And during this time frame, we've all learned how to use an application called Teams. And we can provide classroom types of instruction through that and or support through video conferencing um, with our students. Uh, we've been having all of our meetings this way because we, we again, are practicing the social distancing idea. And um, it, it's a very easy platform and it seems to be working for us. So we're using that as kind of the management side of how can we get in front of people, still have our meetings and conduct our business. As far as a learning system platform, we do have um, different um, things that we use when we're actually in the school. Uh, we use things like Read 180, Math 180. We have Moby Max, which students can access at home. Um, some folks still use the Odyssey platform. Uh, some of our school systems surrounding our county is using a platform called Schoology. Um, we don't use that. Um, maybe we should investigate it, you know, moving forward as we're, as we're really thinking uh, strategically about what is it we need to do differently. Um, but those learning management systems also are very expensive. 
So um, as we're thinking about planning um, for our expenditures, we need to keep that in mind as we move forward. And it, it's, not, it's not that we don't want to do those things. It's just in the past, there has, there's not been the funding available to make that a system-wide decision to, to really put that in place. I suspect going forward a couple of things. One, all those platforms are going to get better and better uh, through this experience. And two, there may be reason for funding for these kind of moments. Um, yes. I, as much as I'd like to think this is the last time we'll ever have to deal with the pandemic, um, knowing that China's already reopened their wet markets and some of these things, I mean, it's it's almost maybe a win, not if, again. Yes. We'll deal with yeah. the current one we're in right now. And mm -hmm. to that point, we talked a little bit about it after action review you guys may do. I always like to ask, you know, so what's working? What, what's, what's, what's working? We talked about the food program, obviously. Uh, teachers are out there busting it. What's working from your perspective? From my perspective, the, the number one thing that's working is the love that our teachers continue to share with our students. They are making phone calls. They are um, reaching out through email, um, any way that they can to make sure that they stay in touch with our students. And that love that our teachers have for our students is, it just shines brightly every single day. And that communication and keeping in touch with them is the number one greatest thing that we are accomplishing as we move through this. That, that really and truly is, is that connection and that communication. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the, the, the school system itself can be a whipping post, but teachers certainly are a whipping post to the public quite often. And uh, but you, you can certainly see in these moments. I mean, these teachers love these kids. And Absolutely. They what they can do. They, they, um, they do. Let me let me ask you, what's what's most frustrating to you? What's not working that you just you know, you'd, you'd like to just poof, magically make it work? Well, if I could magically make broadband appear in everyone's home, I, I, would, I would like to wave that magic wand and make that happen, as well as making sure that our, our, our families have the necessary um, devices to be able to interact, um, even when they get broadband. Um, and the other thing that, that the magic wand that I wish we could, we, we could wave is to be more responsive and proactive in what we're trying to do in educating students across the state of West Virginia and not so reactive. Um, as, as great as the communication is within our county between our teachers, you know, their principals and, and their families, the communications at times have been slow to respond to the needs that we have out in the counties. And while I understand that each county has varying degrees of need, we all are trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to deliver the best educational environment for our students and stay connected with them through this crisis as we can. But when we ask questions, I think sometimes we're a little taken back by the fact that we don't get those answers as quickly as we would like. They're working hard down there and we understand that and having been an employee there, I know how things operate there a little bit. I can understand it. But when you're back here and you need answers, it's, it's tough to swallow. Yeah. It's tough yeah. to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. And then the secondary side, then the parents are saying, hey, I don't have any answers either. And so everybody's kind of, you know, yes. I get it. So, so looking forward, and again, all we know is what we know today and very little in the future. Um, but, but when we say, okay, so what can we improve, even in the middle of this? I mean, there's things we're going to be able to do after this is over. But right now, what are you looking? Where, where's, your, where's, your, where's your sights on what, what can we improve right now? 
So right now, uh, what we're looking to is um, in particular looking at how can we better support our students that have learning needs uh, that don't fit in um, what we would consider the regular education environment. So all of our students who have been identified and have IEPs, whether that be speech or for learning or uh, physical types of things, we're looking at ways right now as how we can improve that delivery system. We are continuing to have our um, IEP meetings, our 504 meetings. Um, while they're virtual, we're still able to have those. But we need to, um, to come up with a, a better way of delivering those instructional needs to those students. Um, we've got it down pat with everybody else, we feel, um, while we might be able to improve some of the activities that we're asking them to do and those kinds of demands. We really need to uh, continue to work on how can we best serve those needs uh, of our students that just don't learn uh, like uh, everyday students do. Yeah, you know, for the school system, there's always a lot of requests coming at you guys. Do this, do this, do this. I need this. What about this? But I would ask you to kind of flip that around. What is it you're, you would ask of, of teachers, of parents, of the community at this moment? I mean, what are you asking of us to, to be supportive in the efforts of, of the entire uh, education system here in the county? Um, I would say keep communicating with us. Um, we're still answering the phone at the board office uh, eight to four every day. We have email, reach out to us through email. Continue to support your, your own children in your homes in completing those activities. Uh, stay in contact with the teachers. Um, if there's something that you think that we need to consider, reach out and let us know, but just keep the lines of communication open. We're going to continue to do that. We're going to keep everyone as, as informed as quickly as we can and as fast as we get that information and um, keep the hope. Keep the hope that we're going to come back together and, and, and we're going to be able to do the things that we've always set out to do. In, um, in, in our classrooms, but outside of our classrooms with all those great activities that we have at the end of a school year. And, um, and just stay with us, stay with us. Um, we're gonna make mistakes, we all do, we're human, but we're gonna do everything we can to minimize those mistakes and continue to communicate with everyone. And if you all will just stay there with us, I think that we're gonna come out on top. Yeah, hope's, hope is always important and even more so in times like this. Absolutely. What would you say to the folks who they don't have kids in the school system, but, you know, they're, they're home from work, maybe they're retired, whatever. Is, is there something, you know, whether it's maybe, maybe food donation or can they help there? Is it read? I see people reading to each other online. I love all this stuff. What, what can they do to help if they're, if they're so inspired? Well, if they're so inspired, yes, they could volunteer on the days that we do the food distribution at, at the various sites. Uh, they could be there and, and, and just help get those things out. They also could record videos of reading maybe their favorite childhood book um, and post those on Facebook or, or anywhere or get in touch with the principal because a principal, if they can send it to them, they have ways to post it on their sites. So if they would like to read a story, uh, sing songs, uh, just anything uh, to make that connection with the, with the system. Um, it's wonderful. Um, I, my granddaughter, um, it, it's terrible to have to be away from your grandchildren, um, but my granddaughter, I recorded singing her favorite songs that we always were singing in the car when I'd go get her at daycare. Um, so even doing things like that, the community could do that and reach out and send those, um, you know, FaceTime with people, um, you know, the Alexa things that you can do. Um, that's how the community can stay involved. And there's another neat thing that's going on at Grafton High School every evening now too for an hour. We had a community member who donated a timer so that we can turn the lights on at McKinney Field every night for an hour. 
And during that time, the reason we're doing that is for hope and assurance that this is all going to work out. And it came as an idea from Doddridge County High School's principal who saw it from another principal somewhere in the country. So every night, I believe it's 7 to 8 p.m., we're lighting the lights, and it may be 8 to 9, I'm not sure, but we are lighting the lights at McKinney Field for one hour just so we can be a beacon of light, of hope, and assurance for everybody in our community. That's neat. That's neat. What, what would you, the, the last thing I would ask is, and I always try, this always feels tough at a time like this when we've got all this stuff that we can be, we can feel bad about, and it's real stuff. People are dying, lives are up, you know, and up people, the economy's tanked, people are losing their jobs. I mean, it, there's a lot we could be sad about, and, and, and rightfully so, but what are, what can we be grateful for during these times, or what's the silver lining that we can look and say, this will be, this will have, we will be better at, because of this experience? Well, I think um, I would like to approach this in two ways. From the school system's perspective, I think we're going to be much better. I think that the strategies and things that our teachers are coming up with to use and deliver instruction in different ways will become a way that they will utilize in their classrooms when we return. So I think we're going to be better. But on the family side, I think this also is going to help us be better. And I mean, you know, we're not going out to restaurants and sitting down uh, like we used to. We're having to cook again and sit around the family table and, and talk uh, with each other. Um, I'm hopeful that the cell phones are not at the table. Uh, but it's forcing us, I think, to, to reevaluate um, how we spend our time. I think it's forcing us to reevaluate what we look like as a family and, and maybe, maybe we just need to pause and, and not be so busy all the time and, and really think through all of the things that we're all involved in and just take the time to rediscover each other and, um, and, and just, just make ourselves and our lives in general better. I love it. I'll tell you this, this has been an experience. I've been wrestling with that very concept right there. Life is uh, interestingly great in some ways right now and yes. uh, how we can capture that and bring that forth into the new, whatever post COVID world we're living in will be. Yes. Kristen Miller, thank you so much. Superintendent of Taylor County schools. I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us. We may get questions more. Maybe we'll bring you back on as, as guidance changes and things yes. go on. If you'd be willing to do that. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, but thank you for you and, and all the teachers and all of the, the school personnel and everybody who's pitching in to, to, to carry this community through, uh, through this pandemic and, and, uh, and beyond. All right. Thank, thank you for having me. And uh, everyone, stay safe, practice good hygiene, and make sure you're social distancing. That's right. Thanks, Christy. Thank you.